Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, what's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you are all having a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant day so far. I am extremely grateful to be reintroducing this week's amazing guest, Mr. Dom Cortuccio. So Dom, he's been on the show a few times, and he's a dear friend of mine and somebody that I just admire greatly because he is... One of those guys that is not only doing deep inner work on himself, but has made it his life's calling to support others that are also doing the deep inner work on themselves. And just to give you a little bit of background on Dom, he is the host of the Great Man Within podcast. He's the founder of the Great Man Mastermind, and he's on a mission to help 10 million men do the inner work and live lives that are full of love, expansion, connection and depth. I just, I love the guy. I mean, he he really is just such a, a gem of a human being. And in this week's episode, one of the things we really talked about was the idea of surrender. And, you know, he's had a really tough year. I've had a really tough year. And that's one of the things we both bonded on was just how this idea that our souls just don't give a shit about what our minds crave, the plans we want. Like when when it's time for us to grow, the universe just gives us those opportunities and pulls the rug out from underneath us, whether it's in relationship or business or career or health. I mean, these unexpected events that just tend to happen to us. And the spiritual journey for me has been about rewiring that thing happening to me to how is this happening for me? And that's really what we talked a lot about on this episode. Everything from how Dom's career completely changed when he sent an email to the wrong group of people, how he's been really leaning into the power of morning pages and what that even means, how to really surrender the idea of how something is supposed to be and trust the flow of what's happening, what a sacred plant medicine journey did for him and allowed him to see inside of all the chaos and crisis and so much more. I mean, this was such a juicy episode with so many takeaways and so much insight and inspiration for all of us as we're navigating these extremely chaotic waters of 2021 and 2020 for that matter. It's been a crazy last few years. So I hope you find this this episode encouraging, enlightening, and um, inspiring as you're navigating your own journey back to your heart and surrender. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the show on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast apps. All that means that every single time I release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. Reach out to Dom or myself on social media and let us know how this episode landed for you. And I'm just so grateful that you guys are here with us expanding your heart and really leaning into these important conversations around how to find your sense of self in something so much deeper than an external accolade or a career and how to truly listen to that voice in your heart so that you can create the life you love. So 
enjoy the episode, but without further ado, here is the amazing Mr. Dom Cortuccio. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what's up everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. So, so damn grateful to have you back here. My man, Dom, welcome back. Raj, your voice sounds just a little extra buttery and smooth today. Buttery I don't know. Smith. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't know. You, you put a little extra polish on that soul of yours, man. It's shining. Hey, man. I've been cleaning up the cobwebs and just letting butter flow through. Um, it's just so good to see your face, man. I, I was talking about this earlier, but you just feel really, really, really good. And we're not even in person right now, but I can feel just how much what's the word it could be surrender it could be alignment it could be just you coming back into the seat of who you are but i want to ask you like what do you feel like has been the most important practice that has allowed you to really step into yourself in the last year well dude thank you for those amazing words and i feel like this past year has been a masterclass in surrender. <laughs> you know, just, just getting my ass kicked and my will broken around what I want, when I want it, how it needs to show up, you know, just like all, all the things in the external world that I've needed to, to just fall into alignment, that threading of the needle so I can be happy. Mm. And this level of peace that I feel right now can really only come after the, on the heels of in this past year, we can, we can talk about the specific stories, but going through financial distress, having a business shut down, having my heart broken, having the most challenging year physically that I've ever gone through. And just one after another, like not getting what I wanted to bring me to my knees around surrender has taught me this lesson of like, oh, it's actually a lot more fun when I'm trying when I'm not trying to fight the the forces of the universe and actually just learn how to dance with them instead mm. and learn how to align around that. And that's the kind of piece I'm at right now. I mean, you were talking about this before recording. You know, when you find that center, then you no longer have to worry about what tsunamis running around outside, or if there's a parade going on outside, or there's a tornado. Like when you got your center, that's all you need. It's a deeper well of safety. I think that for me, I totally resonate with just the shit burning down on in every front. When everything withers away, all that's left is one, the idea of you or the true you, right? Yeah. Because with yeah. the attachments to the, the, the ideas of being successful, with the attachment to the relationship having to work out, with the attachment to anything outside of you is an attachment to an idea of you in that. And I can feel like, and I think that's partially what feels so like, even if I can feel you, like I, I think I can, what I'm seeing in you is also what I'm seeing in myself is this like, almost like release, whether it was something I consciously did or something that was forced upon me, this, this surrender to the true you, right? The one that's not going against the grain, the one that's not trying to make things happen. You're actually co-creating with the universe. You're, I love the word dancing, like you're, you're dancing with her and you're in this like, you're not, you're not staying attached. You're actually staying fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Maybe I'll share a real tangible story and then we can kind of hit the central theme. I know that we both are really passionate about, about 
your soul just doesn't give a shit about the checks you've written or about your timeline or about any contracts you've entered or any big plans you have, like your soul wants what your soul wants. When it wants it. And when it wants it, right. Like, and, and that's, and so it'll burn down anything that's not in alignment with that. So let, let, let me give like a real specific example. Is that cool with you? Sure. Yeah, yeah, please. So maybe a little bit of context. So I, I'm a coach for men. I run masterminds for guys who are looking to get to the next level of their life. And last year, that work with men was kind of a passion project. What really paid my bills, like 95% of my revenue came from doing keynote speeches and workshops for corporate organizations around high-performance habits. I spent 15 years in financial services. So when I left five years ago, that's where I made my bread and butter, just use my my old network. And over the last few years, I knew and my soul was really connected to this idea of, I want to help 10 million men over the course of my life, get on this path of doing inner work, right? To just like live the life that, that we're living right now, like in alignment with your best self. And so like, I started to make some really big moves around that. Well, like I said, I had these two separate entities, my corporate work, if you picture like your right hand, I'm holding up my right hand, like my corporate work that pays all my bills. And in my left hand is my real passion, which is helping men. And I run a podcast called The Great Man Within. I've got an email list, you know, that's dedicated to these guys. And we talk about all of the stuff that most guys don't want to talk about, like emotions and sex and intimacy and habits with porn. Well, it just so happens. And I just shared this story with you. So I'm going to pretend like I'm telling it to you for the first time. It just so happens, Raj, that. I did an episode about, hey, you know, like for the men who are watching porn, you may want to like start to, to ask the questions about how this porn is being produced, why you're watching it. You know, don't just drift when you're watching it. If you feel ashamed when you're watching it, here's why. We did a whole podcast about that. And then I wrote an email that was supposed to go out to my men's group email list. That email about pornography ends up going to 300 of my corporate clients. <laughs> So close my mind. I do that. I'm at the gym. This is a Monday morning. I'm like, you know, I'm at the gym. I'm, wor- I'm working like dumbbells and my phone starts blowing up, Raj. It's like, hey, did your email get hacked? I'm getting, I'm getting messages from all my top clients. You know, and these are like Fortune 100 firms, like big, you know, conservative financial services companies. Did your phone get, you know, hacked? I get this email about porn. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And when I realized what had happened, that rest of that week was just damage control trying to like, you know, contain the message. But the long story short was I'm toxic in that environment in a very conservative space where you're just a keynote speaker, not like, you know, integral to a business. They, they do not want a guy who just sent out porn yeah. email to their people. And all of my contracts were canceled. Mm. Money was taken out of my bank account that like, you know, had, had been paid for deposits. And by the end of that week, man, I had no more corporate business. And on that Saturday, after like, you know, the, the dust had settled, I went into a mushroom ceremony, just a private one by myself in my apartment here with the intention of what the fuck was that? You know, just like, a, <laughs> <laughs> right. Just like, a, could someone let me in on like, what the fuck was that about? Cause yeah. So, so what, what ended up coming up, <laughs> what ended up showing up in that, in that journey, Raj, well, one thing I forgot to mention. 10 days before that, I had a major book launch. I'd been working on a book for an entire year, sold thousands of pre-sold thousands of copies. The week before the book's about to launch, I get the copies, like the published copies. 
there's three spelling errors on the back cover of the book. It's in the wrong size page, uh, format. The, the, the pages of the books were falling. Like all, everything around all my best laid plans were falling apart. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So in that mushroom journey, when I asked that question, the message that came back to me was, hey, dude, you said that you had this mission that you were really serious about helping 10 million men get on this path and you were straddling the fence. So now you have no other choice and you're welcome. Wow. And that's, I just want to really sit with that for a second because that's like the call of like us. And that's why, you know, those I've been really paying attention to like the things that inspire me because like when you feel inspired and when you feel those calls and when you create from that space and you make a declaration from that space, it's almost like the universe starts to like move things out of the way that aren't resonating at the same frequency of the thing you just claimed. Yeah. Right. Like it's actually really fascinating. Like, so I, I just released a new vision on my website. And it's like this vision for like how I want to serve in the world and what I want to create. And I wrote that vision back in June of 2020. A lot has changed for you since then, man. Right. So like, (laughs) I wasn't ready to go yet. Like I, I, you know, but like, what's interesting is that the second I wrote it is the second where everything in my life started to crumble. Business partnerships, uh, relationship, the idea of me, the fears, the insecurities. And at the same time, opportunity started showing up. I think there's this wisdom to the heart. There's this profound wisdom to the way that we communicate with the universe through our feelings and, and the way in our, in our, and our souls communicate, right? Our souls communicate in a very different language than I think our minds and our brains do. Like there's this, it's a different frequency of operating. And it's like, that's why it's like the soul doesn't give a shit because it actually doesn't even follow our roads. Like it doesn't, we're all driving down the street. The soul just flies. It just jumps from one destination to another. And I, and I actually, as I'm, I'd love to hear your take on this. Like in those moments when you realize that, like it almost feels like it's a journey of like love versus fear, right? Like you have this mission in your heart that's purely love-based, but then you have this security, this cush thing that's fear. What is your relationship with fear been like since that moment? Cause I, I want to say that like, that's a big transition, you know, like you were forced a hand and in those, in that journey, like, what has that taught you about fear? Such a great question, man. You know, it was during that mushroom journey on that Saturday, right? So it was just like five days removed from it. It was such a clear, like we, we just, we just paved the path for you. And we, we got rid of everything that was out of alignment. Like I got that message so loud, so clear that it was the, one of the most liberating experiences mm. of my life. And, and like one of the things that came with that Raj was like my paychecks from, you know, the, the these big organizations came with a, with a muzzle and a leash to a certain extent, right? There was like certain things I couldn't say. There were certain parts of me that I, and my whole life has been this journey of kind of like bulldozing these arbitrary boundaries, these bifurcated selves. You know, I used to have a, a public Dominic, a private Dominic and a secret Dominic, you know, like the secret Dominic born in shame and like integrating all three of those, my life path. And then that's, you know, going to sex addicts anonymous back in 2013 was where those like worlds be kind of came collided. And that was one major integration for me. And this was like another level of integration that I had a chance to see so clearly. So 
the fear part in that moment, I recognized, yes, there's going to be fear around like cash flow for the you know indefinite future. I don't know what that's going to look like, but the thing that won out was trust mm. because it was so clear what had just gone down was like for me and in my favor of what I declared. I was like, all right, well, if, if, if this is the forces that are at work, then I really don't have much to worry about. Like I've got support. I think trusting in forces unseen is the greatest gift you can give yourself, right? And that's a choice to trust it. And it sometimes requires bludgeoning away at the aspects of you that don't trust or being forced into that position. But like when, because I've had so many experiences this year where like I got thrown into a really weird financial spot earlier in the year where like I had a bunch of deals that I was investing in all go wrong at the same time, which tied up all my money. And like, I just got in this really weird space. I had to ask my dad for money for the first time in ages. And like, it was just so like humbling in a lot of ways for me. And I remember during those times, like, I'd just be like, what the hell am I going to do right now? And all of a sudden, like, I'd get this massive refund from like somebody who overcharged me, or I'd get like this, this random opportunity that would lead to like cash coming in the door, or I would get this saving grace and like, it would just would be one after another. And, and I think now in hindsight, maybe for me, maybe you resonate with this, like all these experiences are teaching me or showing me or proving to me that the ultimate dance is the one where you surrender control of the how yeah, and you play in the direction of the why. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm so resonating with your story about like all that money getting tied up and then all of a sudden you get the refund or you get that, like, you know, there's like perfect story is last year, in February of 2020, I hired my very first like full-time employee and she's amazing. And she's also expensive. You know, I pay her, I pay her well, and she gets a 401k and healthcare plan. I, I hired her on February, like 20th of last year. And then we go into lockdown right after that. And remember, like at that time, keynote speeches and corporate workshops were my bread and butter. So a lot of that stuff on my, my income got pulled and then Porngate happens, you know, just a, a number of months later, that was September 28th. And then all of my business is pulled. And so I could look at it from a rational perspective in my mind and say, I got screwed, except, you know, when, when some of the, uh, the PPP money came out, the PPP money was based on how much you got was based on whether or not you have employees. And because like I hired her like the day of the cutoff, I ended up getting like a six-figure check that I never would have gotten if she wasn't working with me. So in essence, I got her for free for the year. And, and you know, like, and it, but it took, it took months for that thing to kind of happen and, and then look at like, whoa, it's you're so right? <laughs> freaking crazy, man. Like, I'm like having all these memories now of experiences in my life where like, like I remember there was a few years ago where I wanted to afford uh, actually a photo shoot with our buddy, Nick Onkin, right? Like I really yeah, wanted yeah. to afford a photo shoot with him, but at the time I couldn't, this is a few years ago. And like, I remember being like, God, I would love to just have the money come in. I just want it happen. And then I think like a week later, I ended up like taking my car out in Austin and it ended up like, I drove through like this high, this place, this road that had high water. And I ended up like, planing the car and ended up like ruining the engine and completely losing the car. And when I called insurance and they got it valued, the amount that the car was valued at was I think like five, like a little more than what I had paid for it or what I had left on the car. And so the money that I was going to use to then go, it was like so close to the amount that I needed to pay for Nick. Right. 
Right. And it like came in and I was like, this is nuts. I literally be, I remember being in that moment. I was like, this is crazy. Right, like right. how, you know, we keep thinking. And, and this is where like, I, I, I realized for me, like I lived so much of my life with fear and rational thinking, like, you know, coming from the corporate environment and then, you know, having parents that came from like an immigrant background, like this whole, like, th- I, I think I had a lot of fear around just trusting in the divine and trusting in the universe and trusting that I will always have more than I needed. But like, this is why it's also, pra- it's important, I think, to practice gratitude and reflection. I'd love to hear about like, do you have a reflection process? Cause like, I feel like without reflection and really being able to even like go back and remember these moments, like it's so easy to go back into the spinning sort of story in the mind. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up, man. So something that's been revolutionary for me recently is for the last 140, 150 days, I've been doing the, um, the artist's way program. Okay. Are you familiar with the artist's way? I think I saw you post something about it on social, but I don't know. Is it a book? And then it's, it's like a course apparently too. Yeah, it's a book and it's a process. Very simple. It's the, so it's the artist's way by Julia Cameron, and it's a spiritual path to higher creativity. And many of like the, the greatest creators in the world have gone through the process. Uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, who's like my favorite author, wow. she's written yeah. Big Magic and, yep, yep. you know, uh, Eat, Pray, Love. She said that, you know, through following the artist's way process, it was the thing that actually led her to take the Eat, Pray, Love journey. And she said, like, if, I'd never done the morning pages, which is the, the process I'll describe here in a second. There would be no eat, pray, love, which is like one of the most best-selling books of our entire lifetimes, right? The process for the morning, uh, for Artist's Way is it's a 12-week course. And every morning you do three pages of stream of consciousness writing. So whatever's going on in your mind, like whatever's coming up in your head, first thing in the morning, you roll out of bed and you spill out onto like a piece of paper, three pages. You just write what's going on. And the intention for that is, you know, our minds tend to be quite repetitive. The same bullshit comes out over and over and over again. I think Dr. Joe Dispenza says 90 to 95% of our thoughts are the same day over day, over day, over day. That's why we kind of repeat and like our, you know, our lives kind of seem very similar. Even when we try and change them, a lot of the same shit starts to happen. The morning page is like a dust buster for the gunk in your brain. Mm. And that's Julia Cameron's analogy, not mine. And so what I started to find, you know, coming back to your question about reflection is every morning I'm writing about the same bullshit, the same worries, the same, um, it's like, I'm fucking boring, dude. And by the end of those three pages though, that, that clutter has cleared out. Then some of the, the other space for gratitude and reflection. And here's what happened yesterday. And, you know, one of the things that like I've been really cultivating recently is abundance. And my buddy brought over his father owns a crystal store. He bought me my first crystals. I'm holding up a crystal right now. Yeah, I'm a big crystal guy. I got crystals all over, bro. One. I got Beautiful. I got malachite. I got some got all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm citrine right here. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I and like these are listen, and I just I just need to make it said, like just a few years ago, I would have made fun of crystals. I would have made fun of our universe talk. Like I I was like the complete skeptic of all this stuff. And there was a deeper part of me, I suppose, that wanted to believe and something bigger than just like reason and logic and my own mind. And that game has been a lot more fun to play. Well, dude, on that note, like, let's just talk about crystals for a second. Like, <laughs> so I, I, when I moved out to San Diego is when I really started getting into crystals and I got a crystal guy out here, a guy named Phil, and I had him on the podcast and he kind of explained like the science of crystals, which is like, if you think about it, like your body is made of crystals. 
there's different elements, there's different irons, there's different actual like physical elements that are in your body that make up you. And each person has a unique chemistry that's inside that might resonate with different frequencies that are actually trapped inside of the earth because these things actually come from the earth too. So like we're all part of this greater design, right? Like in coming back to kind of this idea that this, like our minds think that we have this logical way of operating being, but the souls don't give a shit because the souls are connected to something so much bigger. Like we are part of this, this earth Right. And if the earth doesn't feel like something's in resonance, it's going to inspire something or call in something that is going to accelerate. I mean, let's look at COVID as the great accelerator. I mean, it's like, right. Like, think about it. Like, it literally accelerated. Like, I was in the wrong relationship when, you know, like, I, I literally was in a nine year relationship. I ended like that. Like, COVID was the reason why we ended that relationship. Code was the reason why I got to start asking myself deeper questions around like, what am I here to do and why? And it accelerated 10 years worth of conversations. Like, and I feel like it was a collective upgrade in a lot of ways where we all, whether we liked the demons we were facing or not, had some level of challenge that allowed us to connect with the deeper aspects of ourselves. And I think what I'm really appreciating about your perspectives and just this conversation in general is it's just this reminder that even though the soul craves this expansion, right? It's up to us to choose how we view the expansion. We can view it with this lens of fuck, this is happening to me, or we can view it with this other perspective, which is, wow, this is happening for me. And then really lean into trust and that dance, like you, like you described. And yeah, Dude, and then like everything you're saying is is so spot on. And that's why it's so important that people need support through situations like these, because left to your own devices, like left, you know, to kind of lone wolf this, that's a term I use a lot with the men in our group, because lone wolfing is something that a lot of men do just kind of, you know, the, the lone wolf is someone who goes through life, like mentally and emotionally and spiritually on their own. When you have those Mack truck moments, when, you know, the universe kind of smacks you around to try and align you back with your soul's intent, it can just feel like, it can feel like the world's against you. Oh my God. If you don't have, right. It's the worst. I mean, we've, we've, we've both been there and the moments that led to me waking up from my slumber back in 2013, that allowed me to go into sex addicts anonymous and open up to a new way of living. It gave me a new lease on life. You know, at first it felt like, it felt like I was being punished right but in actuality it was it was something that was it was putting an end to the man that like i knew i didn't want to be and gave me a new opportunity just like you're saying to look at it as here's my chance to re- rebirth myself and one of the things i i want to really encourage anyone listening you know that's why we have these vulnerable conversations on the show like that's why if you do feel alone this is where you come like i remember when i was trying to change my life when i first became an entrepreneur I was surrounded by people that didn't get it. I was surrounded by people that never, that just wanted to party on the weekends. And I just felt so isolated and alone. It was community. It was online mentors. It was even just the knowing that there's other people out there that are actually doing the work to change their lives. And like, I remember that was one of the most powerful shifts for me. Like when I really started doing the inner work, it was whether it was the coaches or the mentors or just the knowing that there was like people out there that actually had a different idea of how they wanted to see their lives. Just that, even that knowing that awareness is inspiring. Like I, that awareness like still gets me. Cause like for me, and I don't know, I'd love to hear your take. 
there's feelings that I have in my soul around like what I know is possible for my life. But when I see it possible somewhere else, when I see someone else experiencing something that I know in my heart, like I was like, God, it's got to be a better way. That's almost like the spark that I need to like keep me going. What do you mean? Like when you see that someone's doing the thing that you want to do, but like not in the way you would want to do it? No, I mean, like I remember, and it, this has happened for me in a lot of different areas of life with love and relationship, right? Like I'm in an amazing, really wonderful relationship right now. And the only reason I know that's there is because I was seeking out people that had that. Cause I was like, there's gotta be somebody that has this amazing relationship. And then when I found them, I was like, oh my God, that's it. Got it. And then that was like the hope and the spark and the seed. And so it's almost like you don't even really need to know how you're going to get there. You just need to know that it's possible. Ah, yeah. You just need to know that the awareness that something is possible, the awareness that like, and this conversation, right? That's what I'm really appreciating. It's like the awareness that, hey, all these tough times were there to create something beautiful for you, to bring out the best in you, to make you aware of the worst in you, like whatever the reasoning was, like. That awareness alone is the gift. It's the ultimate gift, in fact. It's the gift that's never going to be gift-wrapped because it never feels gift-wrapped. It feels like sandpaper when you're fucking getting it. But at the core, at the end of it, there's this gift that's like, wow, everything is happening for me. That's the, you know, Michael Singer is one of my favorite authors, right? On Tethered Soul and um, Surrender Experiment. And then his book, his audio book is the thing that like saved me over this last year. It was living from a place of surrender. I, I ended up listening to it about a year ago right now. And then I ended up, cracking out on it. I think I listened to it four times in a row and then listened to all his audio lecture series because he talks about, listen, if we all just want to be happy, then why don't we go straight to the source, which is like, don't you want to be happy regardless of what the conditions are outside of you? You want to be happy if it's raining? Don't you want to be happy if there's traffic? Don't you want to be happy if, you know, if your lover's there, but also if your lover leaves, don't you want to be happy? Like the only reason why you want any of these things is because you think on the inside, it's going to give you some sort of feeling of contentedness. He's like, well, the way to get there is through surrender. Surrendering what? Surrendering like your cravings and aversions for, you know, the the cravings for it having to look a certain way and the aversions, the fears of like, I don't want that. And if I get that, then I won't be happy. And so this last year, like I said before, has kind of been this masterclass of I've gotten so many things that I didn't want. I've had to face so many fears that I were trying to push away each time I came out kind of like, whoa, I'm, I'm handling this with much more equanimity. These moments that would normally feel like torment are actually feeling kind of great because of how together and centered I feel. And it started to give me that glimmer of hope of like, whoa, you know, as I got kicked in the nuts time and time again, it was kind of like, but this ain't so bad anymore. And when that, when that transition happened where I was like, oh, then if I can feel this way during the shitty stuff, then what am I afraid of? Like, what am I, like, is there anything to be afraid of anymore? Bingo. And that's the thing. When you don't have a feeling to fear, you are free. That's been my journey. Like any feeling I don't want to feel about myself, if I allow myself to go there, any truth I don't want to accept about myself or any, anything, if I just allow myself to go into it, it, gives me the space to then actually just sit and like, cause what I'm, I'm actually, and I realized this for myself, like over the years, like, and I've done so much work on this now that I have this awareness, but like, I don't know if I was ever afraid of failure. I was more afraid of being seen failing, which is different because when you can make that distinction, there's like this, 
So then you can be like, why are you being afraid of being seen as a failure? Okay, well, what story is attached to that? What feeling do you not want to feel? This unworthiness, maybe shame, maybe inadequacy. That's the juice. Like, Because on the other side of those feelings is profound freedom. And we're not taught how to feel, man. That's actually like, you know, like, I know you have really interesting perspectives on safety. And like, I would love to maybe see like, just from the men you've worked with and like some of the experiences you've had, like, what do you think is like the thing that allows safety? What is it that causes or allows or gives the, uh, calms the nervous nervous system in a way that allows like that safe expression of emotions to actually happen? Oh, what a beautiful question, man. I'll answer this specifically for men because my, my, my work focuses specifically on men. I think, and, and I've also noticed that a lot of women want to know, like, what, what's this answer for men too? So I think it'll be useful. There's a few components here, Raj. First of all, men, we've been taught that, you know, in order to be a man, to maintain your man card, you have to project strength. You have to be strong. You can't project any kind of weakness. And so when a man is now being asked to be vulnerable, to show fear, to express an insecurity, that's in complete odds with everything that he's been taught around like what makes him a man, which is central to his identity. You know, you strip a guy's man card from him, you strip his, you know, emasculation is, is one of the biggest fears that men don't understand that they're afraid of, right? Because then all of a sudden you, what's withdrawn, respect is withdrawn, sex is withdrawn. Like we've all experienced that in some level, right? So what are the psychological factors that allow a man to feel like men specifically to feel safe? The first one is, is, is like for him to truly understand that he's in a non-judgmental welcoming space where vulnerability is actually applauded. And the way that usually happens is someone else goes first. The most practiced person in the room oftentimes is me. So when I'm setting that space, it's like, let me tell you something super vulnerable about my life. And as soon as I do that, and then, you know, the guys in the room could kind of like feel that energy and the rest of the guys in the group are just kind of hanging out. There's usually a popcorn kernel that pops right after that. Is it usually then like, so this is goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier on, like needing to see an example. The safety comes from knowing that someone else has done it or the safety comes from knowing that like it's possible or that, Maybe that's it. It's as simple as that. Like, right. Like if you don't know that there's another way, you won't try another way or you won't even know to ask for it. So that's why it's so important to, it's almost like you have to look for, for validation to the thing that, that you, in your inkling, in your heart, you know, is like, so, and this is where like, I think there's really, there's a lot of juice here for anyone listening. Like if you're feeling something in your heart and it's not, and you don't feel like you're allowed to express it, just look for someone else that is adequately expressing the thing or experiencing the thing that you want to experience. Cause I guarantee you there's someone out there that has looked at this problem in your life and just said, I'm not standing for it. And they found a way out of it. Yes. And they probably wrote a book on it and they probably right. put it in a podcast or like, right. it's, it's this like, what a time to be alive, dude. Well, you're, 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 hitting, you're hitting a really important point, man. It is a beautiful time to be alive because you're right on like whatever fear you fit, you're facing, someone else has faced it and someone else has already spoken about it and someone else has already figured it out. It's about going out there and finding who's speaking out on your particular topic. You know, like I, like I talk a lot about my journey through sex addiction and my secret behaviors. And then, you know, what I was like doing with porn and all these things. 
And so I get a lot of guys who come, you know, who are just kind of like, man, I've got, I've been doing these things for two decades, ever since I discovered masturbation, or ever since I discovered porn or whatever. And they never been able to talk to anybody about it ever. And as soon as they find someone who has like spoken out about it in a confident way, where I clearly like, it just doesn't define me at all anymore. doesn't, there's no shame around it anymore. They're like, I want that. Yeah. You know? And then, and that's, I think the psychological safety is in, yeah. If there is an example that feels really powerful for someone. Right. And it's trusting that if you don't see that in front of you, that it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And that's where trust in the universe, right? Like the soul will call in the right people, the right teachers at the right time. Like what is that quote? If the student is ready, the master will appear kind of thing. That's right. You know, and there's trusting in that too. And there's trusting. And I think trust is just one of those things that gets to be cultivated. Like, you know, it's a practice to trust that things are happening for you. It's a practice to trust that you've got what it takes. It's a practice to trust that you are enough. It's a practice to trust that your life has meaning and purpose and that you matter. Like it takes practice and it's not easy and it might be simple, but it's definitely not easy. I'm curious about your perspective on this, Raj. Like what guidance would you have for someone who's like, yeah, but the universe, my whole life has been kicking me in the nuts. And this thing about trusting the universe is working out for me. I have no evidence that it has. What would you say to that person? Who's like, I want to believe that but I don't have any evidence to support that. Well, and I would sit with that person and give him a big hug because life's probably been really, really, really tough for him or her. People have probably screwed him or her over. There's just a lot that's happened in their lives that, you know, has just hasn't been easy. So I think that, and I think that alone is the spark and the seed that opens up the possibility for them to believe in something better. You know, like I, I've always believed in random acts of kindness and, you know, like that's one of those things that's actually like, I didn't realize I was doing this, but as we're talking now, I'm realizing like why I think I've always been drawn to random acts of kindness, like, because especially with tips or like when you're in an Uber or just, you know, gifting someone like, you know, a hundred bucks or something, just something like that. Just, you know, it, it's a lot of money. And it's like for somebody who, might not be in a position where life has been easy for them or when like, and then all of a sudden, if they get this little reminder from the universe, that's like, Hey, you know, I'm just going to give you this little gift. Things might not be easy, but I'm going to give you this little gift. Like that right there inspires hope. I think we've all had experiences in our lives where we might not have had the macro things, you know, the universe is happening for us, but we've had moments of awe and moments of, just wonder in that. And I think it takes practice or an example or somebody to just be a loving presence. So that's what I would say to that person, or I don't even know if I would say it because I obviously have not, I don't know if that person's listening right now, but you know, it's not easy. Life is not easy. And these moments are what matter. Like I remember, have you read David Dieter? You're a big fan of David Dieter, right? Like, sure. One of my favorite books by him is a book called Blue Truth. I haven't gotten that one yet. Dude, it's so good. Oh my God. It's like, it's, it's probably one of my favorite books that he's written. And, and I'm saying that's, that's because Way of the Superior Man was like life-changing for me. Sure. Me but too. Blue Truth was really powerful in that like he really spoke to that idea that like when you're feeling those moments of mistrust or when you're feeling this like anger go into it and just feel. Mm -hmm. 
because at the core of it, the feeling itself isn't as bad as the story in your mind that brings in that idea in itself that like life hasn't been fair. Shit's been kicking me all over the place. Like, like when you actually let yourself feel it's the gift. In fact, that neutralizes that. And like I said, I don't know if there's a right answer and I don't know if I have the right answer, but I just think loving somebody and letting them feel those two. That's how I would speak to somebody who just feels like the universe hasn't been very nice to them. And yeah, I think, I think, I think your, your initial response about hugging someone is really beautiful and just affirming that it's been so challenging. And, and, and I would, I would say if there is that person who's listening now, it's, I imagine that there's at least one person in your life that you could go to and ask for that hug, right. And ask for that hug and, and ask for like just the space being held because yeah. Like what, what, what you're talking about, like those little micro moments, we, we have abundance all around us that we, that we don't recognize, that we don't tap because we're so focused on what we don't have. Even you sharing before about earlier this year where your financial situation took like a nosedive and that, you know, the shame of having to ask your father for money for the first time. But if you looked at it in another light, it's like, Oh my goodness, I'm surrounded by so much abundance that like even in my worst moments, I can call my father and then all of a sudden I've I've got you well, know this. You know what the beautiful right? thing is on that yeah. note? The most beautiful perspective is like the reframe of that for me was wow, what a gift to give my dad and a the chance to feel like a dad again. Right, right, right. Think about that like, for a you second. Need, you didn't need him for I, financial I, stuff at no, all. No, 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 no. Like yeah. and you know, and you know, my dad's going, been going through his own journey around like, you know, finding his purpose after, you know, me and my brother graduated. And so he's been going through his own stuff and what a gift that, that, and that was the reframe for me. Like, like the story, the shame, once that withered away, there was just perspective and gratitude. You know, I think that it's not easy, man. I needed help with that one. Like Gina, my girlfriend, she really had to like help me see that. And sometimes it takes that. It takes a person to help you see the other perspective. And I think that's why talking about your problems with, with friends. And, and I think it's important to ask for it too, right? Like if you're not in a position where you're surrounded by people that can give you the type of support you need, like you can one ask for them or you can really set an intention to find another community. And those communities are online. They're on podcasts. Like they write books. Like there's just like, there's this world of people that truly do want to help and want to support and want to fan your flames and want to love you through the tough times. And, and I think it's, and it definitely takes the initial push to go find that. Like, I do think that, like, I think you have to be fed up enough and to want something different. And, and if you're there, then I promise you, like, there's a lot of love that's waiting to just hold space for you as you're growing into your own transformation, at least energetically, whether it's physically, but you know, I know you and I both in this moment are sending a lot of love to anyone who might be feeling that. And, you know, man, you said something earlier that I think is important to hit on again is we don't get taught how to feel and, you know, how to, how to feel our emotions or how to make space for that. And I have a, a practice that has really worked well for me that if it's of interest to you, I can share yeah, it please, pretty quickly. Please, please, please. Yeah. But before I set up the practice, I think it's, it's helpful to have a framework for what does it mean to be like emotionally fluent, right? And the, the four steps to emotional fluency, the way that we talk about it in our communities is... The first step is the ability to feel a feeling or an emotion, right? Feel that, feel a feeling, to name that feeling, 
right? So like to feel it and then to be like, okay, I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling insecurity. I'm feeling uncertainty. I'm feeling boredom, right? To just be able to name it. Then the third step is to be with that feeling. Yeah. Right. Without reacting to it. That's, that's a whole other thing. So it's like, okay, let this feeling come through me. Wow. There's a a tornado of anger, you know, or there's like a burn of frustration, whatever it is, or the, the joyful bliss, just be with it and not needing to react to it. And then the fourth step is being able to express it. Right. So if like you're in a, a situation where, you know, it's, I want to express that I'm upset because a boundary has been crossed or my heart is open and I just want to love on you. Can you express it fully? And I know for men specifically, just the, the, we get stopped at the first step many times, like the feeling of the feeling, because emotions have been vilified, right? Don't, don't feel emotions. They're, they're, they're the enemy to performance. They're the enemy to masculinity. So we just kind of like numb that out and we don't even have access to the other four steps. This is why the practice is so important that you keep hitting on is like, okay, you need to have a practice for feeling your emotions. The one that I like and the one a lot of men like, because it, it feels like it feels, I don't know, masculine or powerful is have this practice called the board of directors for your emotions. And I want you to imagine that like you are the CEO, like you actually are the CEO of your emotions, right? You're, you're the one who gets to bang the gavel. I like you to imagine that you're the one sitting at the top of the table right? Like a big boardroom table where there's a bunch of seats. And in each of those seats, there could be a separate emotion. Like there's anger, there's frustration, there's sadness, there's melancholy, there's happiness, whatever. And there are many times where like, I'll sit down in the morning and I'll do a meditation practice and I'll just kind of sit down, picture myself at the the head of the table with my gavel. And the reason why the gavel is important for me, Raj, is because sometimes there's emotions that come up that want to hijack me. Yeah. Right. Like, like, you know, if you're sitting at a boardroom table, like anger or anxiety is my, you know, is a big one. It sits like right next to me most of the time. And my anxiety can want to come up and filibuster. I got to recognize that, like, I got to gavel to bang and say, Hey, anxiety today, you got 90 seconds. Come on in. Let me feel you. What's the message that you have to communicate for me? Cause maybe there's some wisdom here and I'm going to let, I'm going to let it come through me for about 90 seconds. I'm going to feel it fully. I'm going to bang the gavel and I'll say, sit back in your seat. Thank you. I think it's so interesting. Like one of the things I've been realizing about like the way men kind of process stuff, it's like very logical. Like we try to bring our minds into something as like amorphous as feeling. It's a powerful tool. And I want to encourage, you might not even need to know or like sometimes I've found for myself, like what's been really helpful for me in those moments where I like, one, don't want to feel what I don't want to feel is letting go of like addressing the shame around the feeling and giving myself the permission to almost like not necessarily, actually, I don't really know what I'm saying right now. I had a thought and I completely (laughs) lost it. I I was, I was going to say something really smart. Do you want to to process any shame around having a a thought that just left you? (laughs) What's coming up for you right now, Raj? I had something so good, but then it just, it's not, it's not even, it literally just left. So let's, let's practice this right now. What what feeling comes up for you when you're like in the middle of a podcast interview, you're about to say something brilliant and then, then it just like loses your mind, you know, and then it's go, what feeling comes up for you? I think right now in this moment, what's coming up for me is uh, play. I think, and I think that's a central idea around just doing the work and healing. And it's actually, in fact, a aspect of doing personal development work that I dismissed for a very long time. Like I always thought it had to be hard. 
always thought it had to be forced. I always thought it had to fit inside of a box and it, if it didn't, then I would make it harder on myself. And I think one thing I'm really leaning more into is allowing like a more playful approach of like, the, because if my soul doesn't give a shit, then neither do I like, you know what I mean? Like if my soul wants to just come in and do whatever and go in its own way, then why am I so attached to the way it has to be? Like, why can't I be messy in this process? And I mean, I know this was an example right now here, but I think there's a greater lesson in just being messy and allowing yourself to be messy and allowing yourself to, I think there's a, there's a component of allowing yourself to be safe in the mess. When you feel safe being messy, that's actually like the gift that allows you to just be the mess without, yeah, without, without letting yourself get into the, the story around why you're a mess or judging the mess or trying to clean up the mess before you're done being messy. Like there's this like loop that the mind will come in and try and do, but it's like when you just let, when you allow yourself to just be the mess, like I think there's an openness that, that comes in that isn't accessible when we're logically trying to feel our way into our hearts. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, yeah, the, the, the playful, the playful part that you talked about, like where I think so many, so many of us in the personal development sphere fall victim to this idea of it has to be traumatic. I have to go into my trauma. I have to go into my wounds. If it's not serious business, if I'm not disciplined, you know, if like, you know, there's something militant about this inner work thing. Then we, then we dismiss it. Actually, going back to the artist's way, the, 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 it, it's really interesting. There, there's two parts to the artist's way process. I gave you the first part, which is the morning pages, right? The, th- the three pages of stream of consciousness writing. The second and just as critical component to the artist's way process is once a week, just once a week, you need to take out your inner child for an artist date. Your inner child is your artist, right? And like the inner child, as we get older, Get stuffed in a box. We don't play anymore. You take your inner child out for a date. It could just be going to the doggy park, playing with dogs. You could go to a junkyard, see what kind of go to a garage sale. You know, for me, I used to collect sports cards as a kid. Like go to a baseball card store and just buy boxes of baseball cards and, you know, like organize them and find out how much they're worth. What Julia Cameron says, the author of The Artist's Way, is she's like, 90% of people who do my process will only do the morning pages. Because that is work for them. And they, they understand work, but they dismiss the artist date, the playful part, which is only two hours, once a week. Morning pages are every single day. They dismiss the artist date because it's frivolous. And she's like, no, no, no. It's a necessary frivolity, right? To cultivate that part of your inner being that's like a joyful and alive. Well, that's the thing, right? Like your soul is here to expand and what's more expansive than play. That's why kids do it all the time. Yeah. It's like, when do you feel more energized and excited and inspired? Like those high frequency states, it's at play. That was a big lesson for me. I think on my journey was coming back to the remembrance that this is supposed to be fun. That life is supposed to be a joyful journey. It's not, and it's not always going to be easy, but that doesn't mean it can't have the, the smorgasbord or the collection of, of experiences that all lead to, and every feeling is an aspect of the human experience. Like, you know, we're all going to have grief one day, right? We're all going to lose someone we love one day. We're all going to experience some level of like, joy. We're all going to experience some level of gratitude. Like there's these ranges of emotions. And, and I think one of the, the central ideas, I think this is said in the presence process, which is a book. Um, he talks about like 
it's not about feeling good all the time. It's about getting good at feeling. And when we can reframe our relationship with our feelings, I think it just opens up such a richer opportunity for play to actually exist because play can be found in those moments in between. And it can be found in that dance with the divine and in the journey of our souls, just not giving a shit. <laughs> so does not give a shit, man. I slave plans. Oh man, that's so good. Dom, I just want to one extend just another heart heartfelt gratitude for you brother like you are just i so appreciate our conversations one because you're so like just candid about your journey and i and i've always admired that about you like and now i've learned a little more of the backstory around like just how this year has just been a roller coaster and just i, I just i feel you like i said I, I said this when we started the conversation i feel you because I can feel just how how much you've really allowed yourself to sit in the seat of your own soul. And I just, and I know how much work that takes. And I just want to really honor you. And I'm really, really, really grateful that we got to spend so much time together today. Like that just makes my heart happy. Oh, man. Thank you for all those beautiful words, dude. And you feel so great too. And it's <laughs> like, we, like we started, it's, there, there's a certain level of feeling and openness and joy that can only come after going through some tough stuff. Yeah. And, and so for anyone who's listening, who's going through tough stuff, and I imagine it's a lot of people who are you're going through because we are going through a tough time in our world right now that something's being developed. You know what I mean? Like something, something inside of you is being, you said this earlier, you said the words, you know, something's calling. And, you know, I, I like to say to, to the men in our communities, listen, that call is usually inconvenient. It's usually at the time, like when you don't have the money, you don't have the time, you don't have the, whatever the patience, but by all means, like whatever it is you do, answer that fucking call. Yeah. Because that's your soul who's on the other end of the line. And, uh, you're going to want to hear what it has to say. Mm. Oh, brother. All right. I got one last question for you in the midst of everything you're doing everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? Yeah, man. I love this question. It's probably, this is my third time on your yeah, podcast. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah you should have yeah, known yeah. it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I know it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Man, the, 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 the number one way that I stay grounded is my morning routine is the very anchor of my day. And, you know, the, the quick and dirty on it is like, I don't touch my phone first thing. Every morning, there's some element of breath work, spiritual reflection, journaling, it's evolved over time. Sometimes I have a 30 minute morning routine, sometimes three hours, but the very, the very beginning of my day is the rudder of my day. And so that's the way that I never, I never allow myself to drift too far when every morning I show up for sacred practice around centering myself. I love that, man. I'm really wanting, you're making, you're really inspiring me to want to go and like re-explore morning pages. I used to be really good about it and then I kind of drifted off and maybe it's time to play my way back there, but brother Ooh, again baby. i'm just so grateful that we got to spend some time together uh but everybody that is a wrap for this week's episode of stay grounded i'm your host raj this is your old friend dom and from us stay grounded we'll chat soon thanks for joining us today on this episode of stay grounded i hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life for more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, 
resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.